Welcome back, everybody. Continuing our effort to talk to as many different people as possible from different viewpoints on the housing market, health issues, economic issues, the current state of affairs. Who better to talk to today than Tim Costello, who I'm sure none of you need to have any form of introduction to him because he's been running two companies that everybody knows, Builder Homesite and Builder Digital Experience, since I was 19. Oh, so, gosh, don't say that, please. <laughs> Tim, Everyone knows Tim. Everyone knows that he has great hair, uh, great hair game going on, style. I don't know, Tim, have you ever had anybody else tell you that before? Yeah, I don't think it's style, but it's it's definitely great. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But thanks for sitting down. And you, again, have a very unique perspective, both in terms of how long you've been in the business, but also how many home building companies you interact with. I mean, we're looking at the data of the of the 45 to 50 home building companies that we can see in aggregate, but um, you're, you're seeing not just analytic data, but what are builders ordering and what are they asking for, for help with on just a, such a wide spectrum beyond what, what do you convert provide. So what, what are you seeing out there? What's the kind of state of the market from all the things that are at your fingertips to look at? Well, thanks, Kevin. We do have a, a unique perspective that we've been in business for 20 years and being owned by the industry we do get a look over about 60% of all of the sales in the United States. So when you get a look across that, hundreds and hundreds of different websites and, and traffic and how people are behaving on the sites, you do get kind of a, a pretty good 10,000 foot view of the market. The thing right now that I kind of always rely back on though is about 15 years ago, we started playing around with creating a national consumer traffic index because in running all the building industry you know, sites, we are trying to figure out whether or not we are getting our fair share of traffic in the new home industry. So first you have to know, well, how many people are actually out there searching for for sale real estate, which is different Mm -hmm. than real estate, right? Because there are people out there, you know, there's millions of people constantly changing apartments, looking for apartments and things like that. And while those can be a potential audience for the new home builders, what you really want to understand is how many people woke up Sunday morning and are actually looking to buy a home. And we've created this proprietary index and it's, it, it's been refined, you know, over the years. And it's we, not just Google trends like everybody else is no, crack, yeah, cracking me up. You're like, Google I did, the, I have this special Google tool and yeah. I'm like, um, yeah, okay. We, we certainly, <laughs> we certainly do uh, use Google and, and we track That's part of it. Yeah. yeah. And we, and we track about, you know, 12,000 different Google terms that we think in some way in, wow. inform this, right? So, you know, from that perspective, it's probably far more finessed than what most people are doing when they're looking at Google Trends. And the nice part is we have a track record. We actually, I remember we had a board meeting in 2007, and we had already started to see a downturn. Hmm. And we were sitting with the board and we were saying, hey, you know, we're seeing a significant change in the market. Because if you remember 2007, we were blowing and going. And there was no builder thinking there was a problem about to happen. And we warned the board and said, look, this is a profound change. We're seeing a real softening in just total demand for people looking for for sale real estate. And it turns out it's kind of a leading indicator. And it can be leading from two months to six months to, you know, kind of depending on the cycle that people Mm -hmm. are using to shop. We predicted the downturn in Q4 of 2018. You know, there's a big softening, if you remember, in Q4 last year. And we saw that. We saw it before builders saw it, right? And uh, we also saw it recover before builders we're confident that it was going to recover. And that same index, if you look at kind of our current crisis, I'll call it, we began tracking a significant and spontaneous decline in consumer confidence in the third week of February. And you know, we could have a whole podcast just on that, which is... Sure. I'm serious because it's such an interesting insight to consumer behavior because 
the coronavirus pandemic was already well understood worldwide in December. Right? You know, there were news reports about what was going on in China. You know, mm-hmm. throughout, if you remember, throughout January, it was even spreading to other parts of the world. No effect on the U.S. home shopper at all. In fact, we were running about 20% year over year positive, meaning 20% more people in January and February were shopping for new home, or just homes, real estate in general. And thankfully so, because that's helping us weather this a little bit with the backlog. But but you're yeah. right. I mean, we jokingly talk here at Do You Convert that the, the spring housing market really started legitimately December 26th. Oh, yeah. And it started with the bank. I mean, we were, 20, <laughs> yeah. we were up 20% year over year. Coronavirus, yeah. even though it was a pandemic, it was spreading from country to country, had zero effect. It wasn't until the third week of February when the CDC said Americans needed to actually be prepared to hunker down that you finally saw a change. And mm. then what we, you saw a, you know, a, a pretty significant drop off. And then for four weeks in a row, there was an erosion of the market. And it kind of culminated in the that fourth week of the decline, which was kind of the third week then in March, to a point where we're going, oh my gosh, you know, is this a falling knife? Is this thing just going to drop off the cliff to nothing? Yeah. And, you know, you talk to a lot of your builders and you see the, the web analytics as well. I'm sure you saw it and everybody's going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, <laughs> this is 2808 all, you know, all over again, you know. Well, I, I was waiting for that, but shockingly, no. no I think not that a lot all. of people... No, yeah. not at all. And and what we saw is then suddenly in the last two weeks, we've had a rebound. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's kind of going through the those phases of change management and crisis management where you could tell there was a period of a couple of weeks where people were just getting their hands around. How do I get groceries? How am I going to work from home? What am I going to do with my kids? Am I bringing my grandparents here or are they staying where they are? What, what about mom in the nursing home? You know, I mean, we were so preoccupied with so many other things, we kind of put everything else on hold. And Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, that included housing. Now, when I say we put it on hold, it did not drop off 50%. No. But it looked like it could. And that's what was kind of scaring, I think, us internally. You're looking at the chart going, wow, one more week of this and we'll be down 50%. (laughs) (laughs) But that didn't happen. What happened is, is we started to accept the new normal. And slowly, the number of people that started to look for real estate began to rise. And where we stand today, and we update this every single week, we update it every Monday, so we'll know again next Monday kind of where we are. But year over year, we are really only from a an in- consumer interest in real estate to purchase. We are only down 19%. So, you know, when builders and, and people are running around going, oh my God, the, the home building industry, you know, isn't a crisis, it's a disaster. We're talking about a 19% decline from last year, which was a killer year. Right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we've got to start adding some more good news on that. So, you know, I always liken this to a beer where there's beer and there's foam and it's not really the mm-hmm. foam we're after. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's cool. It fills the glass, but that's not what we're really after. And to our view, what we've seen is the 19% that is out of the market were the 19% that were least likely to convert to a sale. Which makes total sense. Yeah, they're, you know, they're the least internally motivated to yeah. keep pushing forward. Yeah, you know, these are you know, look in any pipeline, you've got people that we kind of call looky lose, right? They're they are looking, but mm, they're a long way from being really convinced they should buy. They're mm-hmm. not at the bottom of the funnel; they're at the very top of the funnel. And what we've done is we've concentrated now into this eighty, you know, one percent of the market that's left. We've concentrated buyers that are extremely serious. We have seen conversion rates go up not only in new yep. home source by over 50%, but 
but also within builder websites, their conversion mm-hmm. going up as well. And I don't know if you've seen this in yours. I'm sure Absolutely. you have. I'm yeah. sure you have. Yeah. So mm-hmm. first we go, oh, well, wow, there's you know 19% fewer buyers. Yes, but the buyers that are left are actually more effective. So the net effect on a builder is less than 19%. You're now talking about sales maybe being down 5 or 10% year over year. That's almost inconsequential. Right. I mean, in the scheme of things, it's certainly not a crisis. It's not something you go, Oh my God, I should shut down operations. I should stop marketing. I should sales, you know, fire my sales force. That's not the kind of reaction that you should be looking at. Yeah. No, across the board cuts of any type, they were bad in 2008, 2009 too, when builders chose to do that. And I think all I've been trying to say is general advertising on Google, Facebook, Instagram is on sale by as much as 50 to 60% or more. Yeah. And so, especially the smaller builders, the big guys, I always say, they can take care of themselves. But the smaller builders, why not? If the ads are are half price on Facebook, why not take 15% off? You're still on the upside. And that yep. I'm hearing some people say double down. I'd rather have them double down with Envision or other tools that are facilitating the transaction because the ads are on sale. And by simply maintaining or only cutting 20%, you're still ahead. Yeah, if the advice I usually have is, don't try to drag people into the market in this climate. Absolutely. Right. Serve it. Market to the people that are already, that have already overcome fear and anxiety and have mm-hmm. said, I'm going to buy a home. <laughs> so, Amen. you know, there are times, you know, in the marketing budgets, there's a bunch of advertising that we do that's kind of to undifferentiated audiences. The, yeah. the problem with undifferentiated audiences, there's a lot of fear out there and 16 million of them have lost their job. And another 16 million probably think they're going to lose their job. So, you know, that advertising is not going to be super effective right now. What you need to focus on is that you've got millions of people that are actually desperately looking for a home. Now I'm going to I'm going to throw in another ingredient why I think right now is such an incredible opportunity for builders. We have seen a dramatic decline in the number of active listings of used homes in the MLS. Oh, absolutely. Across yeah. the board, every market, right? Yep. 30 and, to 80%. Yes. And what that means, two things are happening. People that had homes on the market have withdrawn them because they don't want people in their home showing their homes and right they don't want strangers in their home. Mm-hmm. So so some of the listings are just being removed. The second thing is new listings are not coming on at even remotely the same rate that they used to because again people don't want to move potentially during this time or they don't want people coming to you know to see and show their home during this time. If you show your home where are you going to go? You can't go to Starbucks and hang out for two <laughs> two hours, right? I mean yeah. you know the, yeah. just the logistics of it become challenging. But this is a fabulous opportunity for new because as the inventory diminishes in the MLS, everybody's going to have to say, well, where is there a home to buy? And builders yep. have homes. Yep. So part of it is about changing your messaging. We should be messaging to every single agent right now that we have homes right now available for immediate occupancy. We have eight homes that will be completed in the next eight days that still have opportunity for personalization. And our cycle mm-hmm. time to build right now is 90 days. And we should be telling every agent that has a client that we're open for business. Because as you know, agents many times kind of forget about the new home side because they're looking for the quick kill of selling a used home. But now they can't. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah I, I've even talked to agents who have said, Kevin, locally here in Columbus, Ohio, do you know of a builder that's still open for showings? Because I have someone who has to look at homes. They're only available for one day here. And I don't want to take them to just the two listings yep. of, of existing homes. I want to show them, yeah. even if they're not intent on new, I just want to take them to a third property. So I, the agent, look like I'm providing a good service to my customer. Yep. And showing a new home is safer. It's more comfortable. It's more private. 
right? You know, it's, it's got all of the benefits. So you, you kind of take a look at this, you go, all right, so the number of people searching is down 19%, except those that are searching are far more likely to buy. Wow, that's pretty good news. What we compete against, and we have always competed against, is used homes, and they're drying up in the marketplace. So we should be able to expand our market share. And even though there's 19% fewer people shopping, we should actually be able to sell more homes during this period than we've ever sold before. That's my theory. Now, this may not last forever. And that's why pivoting quickly and taking advantage of the market right now, when you have all these buyers still in the market serious, a builder has got to get on this and get on this fast. We can't like wait two or three months and kind of slowly get our act together. Absolutely. And that's where, again, where advertising dollars versus marketing dollars, I know most people look at those as the same thing. And I'm just begging the audience right now to forget about advertising. Again, it's on sale. So to your point, Tim, if people are out there looking, it's easier to talk to them. It's easier to put a message that's going to resonate with them if they are in the marketplace. But a lot of what you're saying has a big if to it, which is then when the customer reaches out, if the builder's not prepared to go any further in the journey, then yeah, we can talk on the phone. Yep. But the then other, we're stuck. Yeah. The other issue though is our messaging needs to change, right? And you start to think, <laughs> I'm sure you've done this, but if you go out and you look at, well, huh, we have a drip nurturing oh, campaign. Yeah. Hmm. What are we telling them? Right. And, and we're going to go back that says, hey, come join us for blah, 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 blah. Drop by anytime. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whoa. Wait a minute. You know, we got to speak to the facts on the ground. So our website, our email campaigns, our, mm-hmm. the nurturing campaigns we have, the messaging to agents that we have, the ad campaigns that we're running, we need to quickly rescript them to say, look, we're open. You can buy online. We have an easy four-step virtual buying process, right? We have inventory immediate, ready for immediate move-in. Interest rates are low. Interest rates are historically low. You'll save $150,000 for every point right, that you take off your interest rate, right? I just restructured a loan that I have on a home. It was ridiculous. I I just did it yesterday, 2.9%. Wow, good for you. The entire cost, (laughs) $1,000. It's it's my existing company, existing mortgage holder, just calls me and said, would you like to lower your interest rate to 2.9%? We'll just charge you $1,000. No credit check, no inspection, no anything. $1,000, here's the paperwork. You now have a 2.9% mortgage. That's what kind of fear is in the mortgage market. Mm-hmm. So, it yeah. just, you know, it's just, it's stunning, right? So to me, if we want to take advantage of this, we need to pivot fast and we have to pivot. First of all, like I said, who are we going to target? Stop doing broad market advertising, right? Figure yep. out who's yep. in the market, target yep. them. Those that have visited your site, make sure we're really retargeting, right? You know, <laughs> if, if they've yep. actually been there looking, let's make sure we keep talking to them. And then mm-hmm. what are we saying? Are we seeing the same old blah, blah, you know, I'm so, so homes, we build homes, blah, blah, blah. Or are we speaking to the immediate crisis? You know, yep. we have yep. virtual appointments. You can buy online at four easy steps. You know, we have inventory available for immediate moving. Boom, 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 boom. These are the messages that are really going to resonate, you know, in the marketplace. This is probably not an appropriate image to try to get people to bring their minds. But yeah, I'm sure everyone's seen it. The picture of the matches, and this was in relation to how we should all flatten the curve, right? And the matches are on fire and one match (laughs) is pulled down. So the fire stops. I think what's complicated about this, Tim, for people who aren't used to thinking about the entire process is if you miss a part of this, and, and my example would be if you do everything Tim just said, and you've got virtual processes in place, but when they come to your site, 
you just have two black and white line drawings or one static rendering, yeah. right? So there's there's this sense of there is this opportunity out there, but you've got to be comprehensive in how you're looking at this because any one part of that with the market conditions we have, any excuse for the consumer to say, eh, I don't know, it's more painful potentially than it has been before. Digital customer experience is a journey. And by that, I mean, it's a step-by-step journey. And when one of those touch points disappears, like you said, where suddenly I don't have any content for you to see, the journey's over. It's discontinuous. Yeah. So we have to provide them with a seamless digital experience all the way through. And by that, I'm not telling them a builder that they have to re-engineer their entire website, their entire back end, that they have, you know, everything has to be DocuSigned and blah, 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 you know, look, I realize there's probably some Herculean effort to do that and not a bad idea to to put on your list to do, you know, over the course of it. I talked to someone, Tim, who said that they had talked to someone, (laughs) this is now a hearsay thing full on, but a public company who was told by its board and no, you must within the next two months, figure out how to allow the complete selection and purchase of a home online from beginning to end yeah. on their website. And, and it's look, like, I mean, good long-term goal. Is that all necessary right now versus making sure that current digital journey that we're just not missing huge chunks in it? We've been selling homes remotely for decades. Absolutely. I, I can tell you 20 years ago when you were 19, right? Um, <laughs> right? I can tell you 20 years ago, I remember hearing one of the first stories I heard when new home source was just launched is a KB home had sold a home to a soldier that was stationed in Germany. Mm. And they were so impressed. They bought the entire home online. They looked yep. online, found the stuff. And of course, was it really all online? No, they used a the phone, right? They used email, right? Yep. They, but the bottom line, this person never visited the community, never saw the home, transacted the entire property, was never even in the country. And then was, you know, relocated, you know, the United States, right? And they moved Uh into their home. So we can pull the tools together to do this. And we can do this very quickly and very effectively. And and we need to message that to consumers. But you've got to have great content. You need to somehow manage your options management and selection. And I tell you, I'm getting every week I get emails from builders that have implemented Envision at one time in their lives. And I I got this amazing email the other day from uh, builder, they've had that operational for over a decade. And wow. uh, his note was, you know, three weeks ago, <laughs> we thought we had an amazing system. We had a 13,000 square foot design center and, and we had Envision and we've loved that combination for almost a decade. And they said, we, we thought we were knocking it out of the park. Three weeks later, we really understand the power of Envision because we, they said they have not skipped a beat. They are doing the same closings. They are getting the same upgrade levels. Consumers are spending now 36 hours or more in Envision, configuring their homes, designing, experimenting, looking, visualizing, right? And then they're closing this, you know, with a virtual meeting. And both parties at either end are seeing the exact same thing. They're seeing the visualizations. They're seeing what they picked, right? This yeah. is, and I don't think we're going to go back. By the way, I'm not convinced that when this is all over, whenever that is, right? I'm not sure we're going to go back to the way we were because some of this is just a better way to buy. Absolutely. E- even if we do go back to some of it, it's going to be lengthened out and it will still not be, it'll be like, I want to do Envision and visit the studio. I right. mean, or I just want to do Envision only. 
I think what's going to happen now is we're going to raise the bar on the physical experience the same way that that's been done in retail. Yep. That retail can't just be a warehouse of goods, right? It's got to be an experience now because I can order online from a warehouse of goods. Mm -hmm. So the only reason for me to show up is showing up has to be worthwhile. And I think what's going to happen is, you know, our in-person community experience, if you have a design center, you know, uh, in the future, those experiences are simply going to have to be uh, far more worthy of you taking the time to physically visit. Okay. Just because you're so good at processing thoughts and communicating them clearly, I want to run something by you that everyone may not be able just if you're listening, it's okay if you're not following completely. Sometimes I just do this show selfishly for myself. But this idea, Tim, of things like an online salesperson, like Envision, you know, on their own, are they going to save a company who has terrible processes and, and bad business practices, right? No, Mm-mm. you're not going to say, man, my sales have really dropped, but I'm going to do 3D tours of all my plans and now I'm back to where I was. And so there's this sense of when you're investing in the future, where I say the puck is going to steal from Wayne Gretzky, on its own, it doesn't necessarily make this enormous tidal wave difference until consumer behavior and adoption kind of catches up or moves. But I think what we're seeing is that what the virus really has done is simply accelerated the adoption, forced or otherwise. And, and yet, it's still not going to be enough yet to replace all of the revenue that a builder may have typically gotten in March and April or sales that they would have. And yet, it's still the thing to continue to invest in. So, so like you're saying, this are we going to go back? No. And so it, it only makes all of this skill set and investment that builders are doing important for the long term, regardless of what you think of how long this is going to last. Yeah. Is there a better way to say that more clearly, more precise? To play on your analogy, I think the puck has been so far ahead of us as an industry that we haven't, Absolutely. We haven't seen the puck for several seasons. Right. Great point. And the puck in this case is consumers and how they now prefer to interact with brands and how they mm-hmm. prefer to shop. And they have mm-hmm. learned that through Amazon and Uber right? And car dealerships, right? You know, and how we buy everything else in our lives now. And what's happened, I think this crisis is we've skated fast enough and furious enough that we actually see the puck now, right? So yeah. we, in other yeah. words, we don't have to retrain consumers about how to buy homes online. We have to catch up to how they already want to buy homes online. Mm-hmm. We have not found any consumers, for example, that go, oh, my God, picking options online and studying them instead of having to drive across town, make an appointment and get there before five o'clock so that I can spend the entire afternoon in this in, you know, in this store with all these other weird people telling me what I need to do, looking over my shoulder. No, they know how to do this online. They already expect yeah. it. And, and I and think that's true of the entire process. So I think all we're doing is we're finally catching up where the consumer has already been. And that's why I think it's going to be so hard to roll back when this is over, because the consumers are not going to want to roll back. Yeah. And, and I think even when you look at a company like Tesla, and, and there's lots of companies like them, the amount of money that Tesla spends on advertising versus marketing in terms of that entire journey. And that's why I think, you know, you, you, you have New Home Source, uh, you sell advertising as an organization to, to get builders in front of prospects. But I have to imagine that the vast majority of your product offering is not advertising. It's about the journey. Yeah, and it's also the vast majority of a builder's spend is not there either, right? Uh, it shouldn't in, be. No, it shouldn't it's, it's, be. It's in their website. It's in their content. It's in you know, you know kiosk apps. You know, envision. It's it's all the other because there's 
again, it's about all the touch points in this journey. You've got to yep. digitize all of these touch points, right? The customer acquisition is just the very beginning of that whole process. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, we've talked about Envision, which is a fantastic tool. Are there other hidden jewels that, that people need to know more about? Like, you know, I've, I've really tried to help get, get Chad and Envision out there. I think there's some things that maybe we didn't think about at first in this. And, you know, one of the issues right now is however you do it, but direct marketing to agents right now mm. so that they know you have homes is gold. If you want to sell homes, <laughs> make sure the agents know you have homes. So, you know, email uh, distribution to mm-hmm. the, you know, all the MLS agents. And again, the messaging is simple. Hi, I'm Kevin Oakley Builders. We have 13 homes available from the 200s, right? <laughs> and we have eight homes in the ground that will be delivered in the next 30 days. Representing commissions available of of up to, you know, 80 grand over the next, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever right? I bet it, I don't even think right now the agents are so much worried on the commission side. They're just trying to find a property for their buyers. You don't need to incent them, right? You you just need to tell them that, hey, guess what? We actually have homes and you can sell them. And so I think that's actually something that has been a little bit overlooked in this. And it's driven by the fact that MLS is really starting to dry up from a used property perspective. Another opportunity that I think is really interesting for builders is more direct marketing directly to consumers. Because in our study of how do agents get involved in a new home purchase, it is usually because they are also looking at used. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I, I enter the process. Some, some people enter the process and they're only looking to buy new homes. So that's a lot easier, right? To have them just connect with a builder. They don't have an agent. They buy a home direct. There's no commission involved. That saves 300 basis points or more, right? And you know, really improves profitability of home building, obviously. But if a consumer is looking at new and used, the only way to look at used is to have an agent, right? You got to get into the homes, right? So yep. then when I look at new homes, I've already got an agent, right? So they're going to bring that agent along in the process, even though they may not necessarily need one, they've already got mm-hmm. one. With the diminishing supply in the MLS side, you're going to find more and more consumers now not seeing anything that they have interest in, in the used market, which means we should, if we message appropriately to consumers during the buying process, we can get more of those consumers to connect with us without an agent earlier in the process, which will dramatically improve margins for home builders. We see have seen that for, for years, partly not trying to say because of our messaging or approach, but simply having an online salesperson or someone who is answering the phone the first time they call yep. or have a question also for the same reason. It's not uncommon for a builder to see a decrease in, in co-op rates of 15 to 20% after the first full year, yep. simply because that person who became a lead eight months ago, you've got someone internally who's staying in touch with them. Right. And so you're catching them. Now, all of a sudden, though, more of those people don't even have used on their list. Right. Because they're, you know, they're out there looking. They're on realtor.com and homes.com, Zillow, blah, blah, blah. They're on, they're on those sites. The reason they bring that realtor in is they see some really cool properties, right, that are on the used side. And that they, they want to watch them. Yeah. But if they yeah. don't see cool properties there and they connect then with a builder first, you have the opportunity of dramatically improving margins. So improved margins, taking market share, the entire search volume is only down 19%, but it's higher quality traffic. Right now, this market is being teed up for a builder to actually have pretty good results, even in this very dynamic marketplace. Now, I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm not prognosticating that it's going to be like this the entire year. That's why I'm telling every builder, man, double down right now, sell the homes right now, sell them with you know less overhead cost, 
get out there right now and get these things turned over because we don't know what's going to happen in three months. Exactly. Okay. So content wise, I have a couple questions just because I'm sure there's also been a rush of people looking for ways to upgrade the content they have on their site. I haven't heard a lot of stories yet, but I imagine just like anything with supply and demand, has there been any impact to your timeframes in terms of deliverability and turnaround? Are you starting to get bogged down by that or? There has been a big increase in demand of anything that I call in the virtual tour category, right? Which could mm-hmm. be if you have spec homes and model homes, that could be a Matterport type tour, right? If it's yet to be built, it could be a virtual walkthrough or a full VR tour, right? Or something like that. We have seen a significant increase, but you know, we do such a huge volume in these on a on a kind of an annual basis. You know, we do about twenty five thousand CGI projects a year. So when you do that kind of volume, even the spikes we're seeing, it doesn't really change the the lead time. And yeah, that'd be a great problem for us to have someday, but it's it's not a problem that we really have in the marketplace today. Awesome. That's that's good to hear. I was I was concerned that that might be popping up there. And I think to your supply demand, I still, the only thing that I've said consistently as things keep changing is that I do think demand is likely to return and more of a V-shaped recovery I'm still concerned a little bit about some builders' ability to meet that demand in terms of time frame of construction, if their cycle time might expand by 30 to 45 days, or availability of materials, labor in certain instances. Now, I talked to a general real estate agent, broker, Bill Lublin, who said his perspective was that there might be more labor available to get some of this done because of the lack of service jobs. But that's my concern. And I don't know if you, based on your experience, if you have any thoughts on things that builders aren't thinking about if beyond the sales side, anything that they need to be doing to keep the existing backlog, which I'm concerned that some builders are ignoring too much. There's no question that the cycle time of building has slowed down, which means the velocity of new homes becoming available for most builders has been reduced. So if they take our advice and they, and they actually go out there and keep selling at the same volume, they will end up eating up all of their inventory. And you will end up having this then trough right? Of We don't have any specs on, you know, uh, available for sale. Uh, mm-hmm. We have fewer homes in the ground, right? Now that's a good financial problem in a way for a right. builder to have, because it means yeah. you're sold out, right? You can actually the raise- banks are happy. And you can yeah. raise prices. You can, you can do all kinds of things, right? And, you know, to, financially, but of course, builders, you know, they want to, they want to satisfy buyers. They want to be able to build all the homes that are, are necessary. So I, I do think that depending on what the economic recovery curve looks like. We could see a period of time if we do a great job selling now, where we could have some kind of inventory shortages in the future. And I think that will be managed by price increases by builders. So they'll be more profitable, but they'll sell fewer homes. That's how they've always done it in the past. Um, Right, right. So it's not necessarily a terrible thing. It's not good for consumers, but I think builders will manage their way through it. A lot of the, again, smaller company owners that I talked to, they're like, well, ha- heck yeah, bring that on. I'm okay. You yeah. know, sure. It's <laughs> going to take three months longer to build the home, but we'll figure that out. And and my only point there is, while we have some extra time to think about it, just what else could we be doing from a messaging and communication standpoint? And again, tools like Envision and visualization have well, uses beyond the sale. So, so how do we keep those buyers engaged so, over an extra long construction period, if, for example? So in a way, you've just painted a point that I'm trying to make before about changing our messaging to the facts on the in the field. Creating scarcity mm-hmm. is one of the most important elements of marketing, right? Yep. You, you know, if you say, oh, 
we sell widgets. Oh God, we got millions of them. We're going to have them forever. You, you can buy them whenever you want. I mean, I got, look at this yeah, master plan yeah, community with yeah. 30,000 home sites. Yeah, don't come today, come tomorrow, <laughs> come a year from now. You can get it whatever you want, right? You, you need to create scarcity for people to take action. When there is fear and uncertainty in the climate, you really have to create scarcity. The fear of missing out has to be greater than the fears they have of uncertainty and anxiety, right? And that's the yep. climate we find ourselves in. So we, we kind of need to make sure that consumers fear missing out. So earlier you pointed out one that's very effective right now. You know, lock in your new purchasing power. Save $150,000 on a home with new historic rates. Oh, yeah, you're right. I've got to lock in these rates because this will be my last opportunity. That is a great fear factor of missing out. Mm -hmm. I think there's another message that you just highlighted and articulated that you can use as well. That buy now, because when the, this this crisis is over, there will be a, a significant shortage of homes and you won't be able to get the home or the lot you want. Oh, nobody's thought of that. Yeah. Or, or even, I think it could be uh, John Burns on one of his webinars that they did, he mentioned, and I haven't been able to fact check this, but I'm, I'm taking him at his word, that the majority of tile put into new construction homes still comes from Italy and they aren't making more of it right now. Right. So, you know, e even in terms of the availability of selections yeah. to personalize the home, the sooner you get that in, the more likely you are to get what you want. Not that that's the exact messaging that anyone should run with. But, you know, there are uh, people out there, right, that are they're sitting there going, I'd like to buy a home. I want to buy a home. But, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous. It's not, is now the right time or not? The point is, yep. if they wait until it's the right time, until yeah. the crisis is over, everybody's back to work, the economy is booming again, then you're going to be in that situation that says, oh, by the way, we don't have any homes right now. And by the way, the prices have increased by 15% because it, we it, don't have exactly. the supply. So, so, we can. so I think there are many ways that we can kind of create this scarcity, right? Or this, this need to purchase, this fear of missing out. I'm going to miss the rates. I'm going to miss my lot. I'm going to miss the options. I'm going to miss my ability to buy what I want when I want. I'm going to be forced to buy something that's not quite right if I don't buy now. And that's the kind of messaging that works. And we, we, need to, we need to be powerful and we need to be proud and we need to put that message forward to consumers. Yeah, no, I, I think those are all fantastic points. All right, Tim, it was fantastic talking to you. Oh, it's always fun talking. Like you said, I, I got 15 more podcasts we could do now. I got more ideas. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, happy to, happy to have you back. Just wanted to get, get the pulse on, on what you're seeing. And it, it's great to hear that your perspective, I mean, it, it was kind of like the tsunami in terms of uh, everything seemed fine, then everything seemed, was, terrible. Not, seemed terrible. And it has, again, like you said, we see the same thing. Organic traffic is maybe 20 to 30% down, but web traffic as a whole for builders is almost back to where we were in early February overall. Lead count and appointment count, sure. Not everyone's ready to take the next step, but in terms of that, that pre-shopping behavior, and research going on online, it's almost as good as it's ever been. Yep. Well, thanks again for coming on. And we'll, we'll definitely be talking to you more in the future, I'm sure. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity, Kevin.